was having a nightmare. I think it was real life. <laughs> Billy. <laughs> Mega Church, this is Reverend Billy and Savitri D. At the, <laughs> wow, we made it. At what? That was rough. What would Jesus buy? I mean, that was rough. The earth wants you. The earth does want you. And and you know what else wants you? The earth is killing us. There's a contradiction there. The corporations want you. Uh, yeah. That's what they say in their advertising. The corporations th- want you. I think we're confused. I think the corporations well, wait, want they you want to your money. buy and die. That's what they want. And the earth loves us and wants to take care of no, us. No, no, no. You've got it all wrong. The earth doesn't love us. Yes, no, yes. We are the earth. That's, oh, a, oh. that's a narcissistic view of it. The earth doesn't love us. In fact, why would the earth love us at the moment when all we can do is smear her every crevice the earth is with complaining. pesticides and herbicides and extract every ounce of fossil fuel from her guts and She's disembowel upset. her with our fingers and knees and toes? Oh, please don't go there. She's upset at us and she has every right no, to you be. You know what? It's her being upset at us. Again, we're not in this story. Take yourself out of the story, Billy. This is what humans have. Human chauvinism must end. Listen, I have been accused of narcissism all my life. Well, I mean, I said that wrong. Maybe I, I, you should have paid attention <laughs> the first time someone accused you of it. That would have been my recommendation. <laughs> is this good radio? I hope so. <laughs> Welcome, listeners. Welcome to The Earth Wants You. I'm Savitri D. here with Reverend Billy. We've got a lot going on oh, today. Oh, we have an hour of... Uh... Trials, tribulations, uh, joy, not so much joy, actually, but... Um, Down at the border, there is there is joy. I'm sure there's some joy there. I'm, they, how, how else could they put up with mm. the hatred coming down upon, this from, mm-hmm. f- down upon them from all sides? Uh, we reach out to our Honduran friends uh, who are walking the karma of all of us. That's right. From decades of imperialism, colonialism, and militarism, and now, of course, just extractionism on on every other front, right? Finally affecting the climate so much that people really are. Anybody from Tijuana listening to us right now? San Diego? Check in. Come to RevBilly.com. Talk to us. We've got the Stansted 15 on my mind today. A group of activists uh, found guilty yesterday in the UK uh, in March of 2017. They stopped a plane, a charter plane, uh, from deporting a group of migrants, mostly to North Africa. And uh, the, the trial has been sort of ongoing since they are charged with the heaviest possible crimes, terror crimes, essentially. And so... You know, the maximum sentence there is <laughs> life in prison. Uh, this is nonviolent civil disobedience at its best. They stopped that plane. Uh, people who were on that plane that day have since had uh, their asylum granted in the UK, proving, of course, that they were preventing harm to these people. And oh, that these amen. people I didn't were. Know that. Yes, they were, I think, at least two people that we know of. Meanwhile, Patricia Okumu from the Republic of Congo climbs the Statue of Liberty here in the harbor behind us in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, she is up, she's in her own court appearance on the 17th of December. Here in New York City next Monday, Uh, December 17th. Patricia, She'll be with us a little bit later. That's right. 
We've got a lot going on today, people. A lot. But you know what's really going on around here in the United States of America? What's that? The heart of uh, capitalist <coughs> democracy. What's capitalism? Uh, Christmas. What's democracy? Christmas. Christmas. My answer to every question today <laughs> is just going to be Christmas. 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 That's Christmas. bizarre. Christmas. Christmas. As fall turns to winter across this nation, many millions will converge on centers of worship, large and small, to celebrate and give thanks to a familiar God. tells us to buy now and pay later. He tempts us with promises of endless credit as he leads us down the path to eternal debt. Tis the season to be shopping. There's just one more thing you have to do before the end of the year, and that is shop yourself silly. People were saying, you know, look, we can't just let the terrorists win and just stay home. Millions of Americans are hitting the stores. Tradition on this Black Friday is get out and shop until you drop. We used to be a nation of producers and are now a nation of consumers. American stores could already fit every man, woman, and child in North America, South America, and Europe inside them at one time. Toys, Elmo, and PlayStation 3. Oh, love, love Elmo. Hot gadgets, appliances, toys. Gift for you guys. Flat panel TVs are big this year. We have to have that or it won't be a happy holiday. For the first time since the Great Depression, our household personal savings rate is below zero, and 60% of us are in long-term debt on our credit cards. We now spend under one hour a week in religious or spiritual time, and over five hours a week shopping. Over 15 million Americans may be clinically addicted to it. People saw that there is very limited supply and they were behaving like animals. Mm. I just like to say, as I always say, sometimes I enjoy my diamond ring much more than I enjoy my husband. If you feed something that she doesn't like, she said, oh, mommy, I don't like that. Yeah. She actually goes potty. You know people will run over a pregnant woman to get to the item they want. There is no, no surprise there. Three quarters of us view Christmas with more dread than anticipation. Yet we'll spend half a trillion dollars on Christmas this year and create five million tons of extra waste. Some say it's all gotten out of control. The Church of Stop Shopping is planning what it calls a shopocalypse tour. Drive the demons out of those cash registers. Reverend Billy, uh, what is the mission? What is it you're trying to tell people? We're trying to get them to slow down their consumption, amen. We're, we're addicted and we're conflicted. We're hypnotized, consumerized. You know, consumers are expected to spend about $457 billion this holiday season. This weekend alone is going to be the busiest shopping weekend of the year. Stop shopping! Save us from our credit cards! You don't have to buy a gift to give a gift! Amen! I'm going shopping. Stop shopping, children! We can go the other way! Folks, only 30 days of shopping till Christmas. Stop it! Slow down your consumption!
You know, <clears throat> when we made that film, What Would Jesus Buy, which you've just heard the opening clips from. Happy holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear people going into Macy's uh, on Black Friday. I mean, really, it seemed at the time that we could slow down consumerism. And we really did believe that we could have an impact. And we didn't mean ethical shopping either. We meant that we could really change the way people interact with objects and and the filling of space in your own home and the filling of your and love and relationships yeah exactly that we could sort of eliminate the corporation from our most intimate relationships and i have to say i i i've never felt freer of corporations in my life than i do right now and yet i don't think much has changed i think a lot has savitri give yourself some credit we're Wait, Am I right? Card? I'm, I'm, I'm talking to people in, in, in. Did you just offer me a credit card? Yes, I'm swiping. Oh my God, I'm swiping. please. I'm please swiping the air desperately. Because I'm broke. I'm broke. We've got people um, throughout the North American continent uh, listening to us and possibly beyond. I hope some people in England are listening to us. And I think a lot of people just disagreed with you. They're, they're that, that anti consumerist movement of the early noughties. Uh, it gave people the idea, intruding in the point of purchase at, and doing our exorcisms at the cash registers, people had this comic reference, this thing that they did. And, and we have lots of people around this time of year, and they're starting to, to talk to us now, who tell us they changed everything about their, their, how they spend money, their budgetary approach, how their family treats Christmas. Lots of people... No, you don't have to buy a gift to give a gift, and they're they're That's preparing right. uh, earth friendly gifts. That's right. I mean, on some level, you give people permission to return to a much more uh, human, intimate way of celebrating the holidays. I, I mean, think it's happening. Okay, I have the faith. Amen. Don't want you, don't don't want you to get down in the middle yeah. of our radio hour. I know, we have to I know, keep I know. you know. Hey, I know. <laughs> to cheer up, let's go to news from the natural world. Amen. Hi, Here everyone. I'm Savitri D, and this is News from the Natural World. The Trump administration is expected on Tuesday to unveil a plan that would weaken federal clean water rules designed to protect millions of acres of wetlands and thousands of miles of streams nationwide from pesticide runoff and other pollutants. Environmentalists say the proposal re represents a historic assault on wetlands regulation at a moment when Mr. Trump... Let's, let's go back to calling him Mr. Trump. When Mr. Trump has repeatedly voiced a commitment to, quote, crystal clean water. Sounds like a cartoon figure, Mr. The, Trump. <laughs> the proposed new rule, I wish it was funny. The proposed new rule would chip away at safeguards put in place a quarter century ago during the administration of President George H.W. Bush, R.I.P., who implemented a policy designed to <laughs> ensure that no wetlands lost federal protection. Moose numbers have declined roughly 10% in Maine and as much as 50% in New Hampshire since the early 2000s. The decline is largely to a climate change linked explosion in winter tick populations. We've covered this story before. The ticks have become so voracious in some places a single moose can carry an appalling 90,000 of them at once. In such numbers, the ticks drain so much blood that the host moose can become anemic and malnourished and can't replace the blood fast enough. In the case of many first-year calves, they simply die. 
Winter tick infestations in British Columbia have now spread to populations of boreal caribou, an alarming sign that ticks are infiltrating species in ranges they have not significantly occupied. Not the reindeer! Don't touch! Don't touch the reindeer! Boreal caribou are already listed as a threatened species. Uh, East Antarctica has been considered the stable side of the icy continent, whose western flank is losing ice fast. But glaciologists are finding that the closer they look at East Antarctica, the more change they see. Four small glaciers in a region known as Vincennes Bay are thinning at surprisingly fast rates. The glaciers are responding to warm ocean waters that now reach much closer to East Antarctica's icy edge than in years past. The Vincennes Bay's uh, glaciers lie next to East Antarctica's awakening giant, a massive river of ice known as Totten, whose Flow Totten, which in German I guess would mean deaden Totten, mm. uh, whose flow to the sea has sped up between 2001 and 2007, most likely because warm water was intruding beneath the floating end of the glacier and melting it from below. Mm-hmm. Both Totten and the Vincennes Bay glaciers drain an enormous buried basin that holds enough ice to raise global sea levels by nine meters. Yikes. Uh, Brooklyn's in trouble. The Earth is far more alive than previously thought. Deep life studies reveal a rich ecosystem beneath our feet that is almost twice the size of all the world's oceans. Despite extreme heat, no light, minuscule nutrition, and intense pressure, scientists estimate this subterranean biosphere is teeming with between 15 billion and 23 billion tons of microorganisms. That's the waiting room. That's the next life. Hundreds They're of waiting times, for us to screw it up even more. Hundreds of times the combined weight of every human on the planet. Researchers at the Deep Carbon Observatory say the diversity of underworld species bears comparison to the Amazon or the Galapagos Islands, but unlike those places, the environment is still largely pristine because humans have yet to probe most of the subsurface. The subterranean biosphere extends at least 5,000 meters below ground, and the discovery is made possible by new coring techniques and microscopes that are able to see increasingly minuscule signs of life. Is that so exciting. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> oh my life, god. Life no, life will go on. Okay. E-scooters are billed as environmental saviors, a low emissions alternative to short trips by car and a much more expedient one than your own two feet. But in some cities they're becoming another form of pollution. In places like Oakland, Los Angeles and Portland, people have become so fed up with the plastic scooters distributed liberally on sidewalks by companies like Bird and Lime that they've taken to throwing them into lakes and rivers. And in the case of Los Angeles, the ocean. In Oakland, a reporter spotted a man fishing scooters out of Lake Merritt, one of the oldest wildlife refuges in uh, North America and an important sanctuary for actual birds. He reportedly (laughs) pulled out 12 scooters in one day and received a small monetary reward for each. The Lake Merritt Institute's director has met with scooter companies to express concern about the damage the sunken scooters could be doing to the natural environment. Not to mention the motivation for people to just throw them in there so that then they can fish them out and get paid for fishing them out. Come on, people. (laughs) Okay. 
France's violent protests are indeed a response to a climate pol policy, specifically a planned increase of the country's already steep taxes on fuel, which would have a huge impact on France's working class. But the yellow vests aren't protesting all climate policy or even taxes on carbon dioxide. They're protesting a tax hike that came on top of several other regressive economic policies. In a communique issued on November 23rd, the Yellow Vest said France should, quote, put in place a real ecological policy and not a few piecemeal fiscal measures. The World Resources Institute, which translated the document, said in a blog post Friday that the protesters, quote, highlight ecology as a top priority. Hmm. The Yellow Vest's list of 42 demands includes proposals to make the climate transition fairer, and some demands call for even more ambitious climate action. The Yellow Vests are not against carbon pricing in general. They propose introducing fuel and kerosene taxes for ships and airplanes. Yes. As, Amen. As Kutar, the man who inspired the protesters' signature clothing choice, put it, quote, the government does everything so that rich stay rich and poor stay poor. Yes, Macron. Macron has long been seen as implementing policies that make life harder for the working class and easier for the wealthy. The planned fuel tax increase was simply the breaking point, and that's why the violent protests continue, even though France suspended the tax increase last week. Mm -hmm. So let's all get that straight, people. These are supporters of of ecological uh, uh, changes, right? But they're not... Which are basic, not yeah. not, not just relating to not a just particular taxing tax. taxing poor people. Right. Uh, fueled by the surging price of gold, an epidemic of illegal gold mining in the Amazon is threatening indigenous territories and other protected lands in the world's largest tropical rainforest, according to a study published by a group of environmental organizations. Analyzing data from six Amazon countries, re researchers identified 2,312 illegal mining sites and 245 large-scale areas where miners have established sophisticated infrastructure, tearing down native forests and contaminating rivers with mercury as they dredge for hmm. gold and extract diamonds and coltan, which are used to make mobile phones. Now, this cyanide heap leaching is uh, has, is not a new thing and everyone knows how toxic it is i can remember even in the early 90s hearing about this cyanide gold mine leaching and how bad it is mm -hmm. <clears throat> mantled howler monkeys in costa rica are starting to appear with patches of yellow fur on their usually black coats a team of scientists believes that the dappled monkeys are consuming sulfur containing pesticides along with the leaves they eat Sulfur from the pesticide ends up in the monkey's pigmentation, resulting in splashes of yellow on their coats. They share the forests of Costa Rica with six cat species that may hunt howler monkeys, and it remains to be seen whether the yellow patches might make them a more, more visible, visible target. <clears throat> the number of patients suffering from lung-related illnesses has nearly doubled in the last decade in Mumbai, in India, due to air pollution. Earlier this week, the Supreme Court upheld a ruling that allows the Trump administration to bypass 28 federal laws, including the Endangered Species Act, the Safe Drinking Water Act, and the Clean Air Act, to construct his wall along the southern border of the United States. The move threatens hundreds of thousands of butterflies housed at the National Butterfly Center, a nonprofit organization aimed at sustaining large populations and hundreds of species of wild butterflies. The president's wall, the cornerstone of his aggressive immigration policy, is expected to bisect the Butterfly Conservation Center. 
putting about 70% of his 100-acre property on the opposite side of the barrier. The sanctuary, located near Mission, Texas, is home to more than 200 species of butterfly and serves as a critical habitat for the migration of the threatened monarch butterfly, whose population, I might point out to you, has plummeted by almost 90%. But it's not just big-winged bugs that benefit from the National Butterfly Center. Not all birds can fly over the wall, nor will all butterfly species, the nonprofit warned in a note on its website. The pygmy owl, found on the southern border from Texas to Arizona, only flies about six feet in the air. It cannot overcome a 30-foot vertical wall of concrete and steel. Okay. Oh, my God. And finally, returning to the Stansted (sighs) 15, a group of activists who stopped a deportation flight leaving Stansted Airport have been convicted of disrupting flights and endangering an aerodrome. The defendants, who have become known as the Stansted 15, say they were, quote, guilty of nothing more than intervening to prevent harm. But a judge at Chelmsford Crown Court has told the jury that their intentions were not a defense. Before sending them out to consider their verdicts last week, Judge Christopher Morgan said, alleged human rights abuses, immigration policy, and issues of proportionality did not have any relevance to whether an offense had been committed. All activists who are members of the group and deportations had pleaded not guilty to intentional disruption of services and the endangerment of an aerodrome under the 1990 Aviation and Maritime Security Act. Now, we hope that that judge uh, who said there's no relevance to the offense will reconsider when he sentences these 15 brave activists in February. Uh, stand by for more news about the Stansted 15. I There must be some kind of appeal process there. They are preparing an appeal. I'm not, you know, I don't know enough about how the English courts work. Uh, I do know that a saint in our church, Mel Evans, uh, from Liberate Tate, who we've worked with many, many times, um, and has been interviewed on this show. Um, she is among them. So a huge solidarity from us to you, Stansted 15, and for your oh, work. Oh, such... Uh, working for all of us. That's right. Especially those those immediately endangered uh, by those flights, but but working for all of us. Keeping the borders open right now is something that benefits all us human beings and all life, all life. That's right. And and we'd like to go now uh, to our show on Sunday at Joe's Pub, which continues the next two Sundays. Um, we have some we have some tape from that show. Uh, we sainted Patricia Okomu, who is an activist I'm sure all of you are aware of because she climbed the Statue of Liberty. And uh, In the pictures taken of her up on the Lady Liberty's feet um, at, at the bottom of her gown there, uh, the police trying to climb their way towards her, um, lots and lots of people saw for the first time the broken chains around the feet of Lady Liberty. And that is uh, in the 1870s and 80s when this, this gargantuan statue was created by the French. Um, they had, uh, we now know, they had the abolition of slavery very much in mind. It was, it was, it was, immigration was from Europe, yes, 
but it was also from the freed slaves then laboring through the era of Reconstruction, um, coming up from the South, uh, uh, learning to survive in the South with new forms of, of slavery that were taking place there. But um, that, is, that is a little-known fact about uh, this 22-story high green woman that is in our harbor right here in our windows. Um, the intent was freed, freedom from slavery as well as freedom from the classism of Europe and um, so forth. And I think Patricia should know about this, right? She <clears throat> immigrated first to France and then to the U.S., is that right? Yes, and Republic of Congo is her home. So so she climbed the statue and was up there for, I think, almost three hours. The island was shut down. There were helicopters. It was a big deal. Uh, she was arrested, and now she is in court. And we'll go to the clip now, and you'll hear the Stop Shopping Choir, and you'll hear Patricia Okomu, and you'll hear Reverend Billy, and the wonderful audience we had uh, on December 9th at Joe's Pub in New York City. Patricia. You're a saint in our church, can we? It's a saint. We're glad you responded to our call for teachers. Come on up here. started singing a prayer and then we noticed as, as I recall we were asking the uh, then secretary of the EPA to appear naked or something we had a we had we had a we had a very strange yes right, right. I've been forgetting it I've been forgetting it so we put our hands on the golden door to get them to stop taking children and putting them in concentration camps. And then I looked down and Patricia had her arm between the legs of this police person. 
<laughs> she was reaching the golden door in a very particular way. And that is one way to teach us. Don't be afraid of these people. And we, we went out to the Statue of Liberty a couple times when we could afford it. It was $25 a ticket. And Patricia went out there with Rise and Resist. And she's the lady, now you know who she is. She kind of, she drifted up into the justice. She went up there, up towards that book of justice. And she was found up above uh, the goddess's sandals and up above those, what nobody ever sees about the lady, which is the broken chains around her feet. It was supposed to be a statement about slavery in the 1870s that it was made. Anybody learning something at this moment? Yes. Patricia is teaching us this fact. Amen. Patricia. Thank you so much for that amazing climb of yours. Because no matter what Donald Trump does, Lady Liberty is still standing there in the harbor. Can you talk to us about your work right now? Thank you, Reverend Billy, for having me here tonight with you to gather in solidarity with the children who are persecuted by our government. Thank you, everyone, here for your performance in the name of protest against this wicked government. teachers, and I think the teachers are teaching us, you have to send limousines for them, right? Amen? Is that what we're learning here? Praise be.
I've got gratitude for Patricia. How about you, Billy? Yes. Yes, yeah. and we're going to put the Stansted 15 in touch with Patricia and have them talk with each other. That's um, right. We have to, and have them talk to uh, 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 Sarah in, at the border at Tijuana and San Diego. We have to have all these people in touch with each other. The, the uh, opening of the borders against this uh, fascist fear, that's, that's, that's so basic, so key, so at the formation of all those hundreds of laws and all, all those guns and bombs and uh, simply keeping the borders open is, is something we must all do. Well, seeking asylum is legal. So let's just start there, right? I mean, again, I it's want... It's supposed to be. The United want, Nations gives us that right. I want of, the borders to be open. I mean, supposed to have not that just right. the UN, the US, are the, the, the laws of the United States seeking asylum is legal. And there's nothing illegal about crossing to seek asylum. There you go. It's just that Mr. Trump is trying to... Uh, he criminalizes um, the seeking the of asylum. Seeking of asylum, yeah. So Patricia's court date to remind you is February seventeenth. I'm sorry, the seventeenth of December. There it is. Patricia's court date to remind you is uh, the seventeenth of December, the 17th. Monday morning, eight a.m. in New York City. She also needs support with her legal fund. Uh, you can find her very easily online if you just Google Patricia Okomu or Statue of Liberty Climber. You'll find your way to her and to help her with her work. We will also have the information of, of what court courthouse to go to. That's right, on our what website. What court, what room to go to. You can um, check that all at out. At RevBilly.com. You are listening to The Earth Wants You with Reverend Billy and Savitri D. This show was brought to you by The Church of Stop Shopping. This show is available as a podcast. Just use any podcast app, search The Earth Wants You, and find this episode and all previous episodes as well. To contact us, please email revbilly at revbilly.com. That's revbilly at revbilly.com. Stay tuned. Uh, I'm here with Pooja Gehi, who works at the National Lawyers Guild, and she returned just a few days ago from a trip to the Tijuana border. Uh, Pooja, can you talk to us a little bit about what you encountered down there, what you saw, and what you think people should be doing right now? Yeah, totally. Thanks for having me. Um, I know I am an immigration attorney by uh, background in my practice, and I was completely horrified by what I saw down there and mm. also deeply confused. Um, and basically, uh, everything that we know about asylum law is not being enforced. People are um, given, people in the caravan were given a number, um, uh, which was very hard to figure out what was happening with that. But I guess 10 people got assigned one number every day at 7 a.m. They call with the, um, the, the what is it, border control calls a, a some fixed amount of numbers, um, and those are the folks who are allowed to present themselves to an asylum officer to show that they have a credible fear of persecution in their home country, and then go into detention. Um, and it's not going to be even current. Like the people, the folks from the caravan are not even going to be have their numbers called for another like six 
week or two months, so it's, so it's people who've just been on this list before, and the list is um, really just a mysterious thing created by maybe the U.S. government, um, along with the Mexican government, that's completely bananas. Um, also, people are living in really terrible refugee camp situations with very little international humanitarian aid um, and resources, and also being harassed by Mexican nationalists. Um, and I think that, you know, from going there, I think it's actually really important for people to be able to go and be present if you can, just to have an international, um, observing thing, just so people know what's going on. I also think it's really important to donate. Um, and El Otro Lado is the organization on the ground that's doing the direct legal services and really holding down, um, supporting folks. Thank you so much for that. And uh, you you live and work in New York City, um, but I, do. I, I know that you're you're really telling people to go there and witness and and be present at the border. Uh, what, what does that yeah. mean for the immigration movement here in New York City? Like as far as people going from New York City, or as far as people? I guess I mean like how do we do both, right? Like how do we work yeah. on immigration yeah. here and observe there? You know what I'm saying? Like what is the yeah. parallel between yeah, the two? Absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, I think the parallels are huge. I also think um, that people should really be doing uh, immigration court observing also in New York City just to see. I mean, the whole process of immigration, we know, is really um, created to uphold white supremacy and capitalism, right? And it's deeply racist, but it's um, it's at an all-time, like, horror effect, you know? And I yes. think um, there's so many people have never even sat in an immigration court. Um, here in New York or in New Jersey, there's some in New Jersey, and just to, just to observe, talk about it, you know, share with people. And I think, also I think we should be doing um, like direct actions kind of on the daily around mm-hmm. uh-huh. immigration. I mean, the conditions are terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a ton of really great organizing happening in New York City. Um, New Sanctuary is doing a really lot of amazing work. So is Drum, Daisy's Rising Up and Moving, uh, the National. Lawyer Guild National Immigration Project is based in Boston and also is doing a ton of important organizing. Um, but I think that there's so many parallels to be drawn, and I and I know that like you know I'm so privileged to have been able to go to Tijuana, and not everyone can do that, and, but everyone can do that immigration and just what a human rights capacity it is. Right. You know? Right. Well, thank you so much. Thank I you, look, Pooja. I look forward to hearing. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to hear more about it, but I, I hope <sighs> you can come back and give us a, you know, we can talk more deeply about the issues and what's at stake here. And, yeah, uh, I would love that. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much. Have a great have a day. day. Okay. We'll see you soon. Thanks, you too. And now we turn to the drums of revolution. Yes, we need that right about now. Let's. Killian Sunderman. Welcome to Activist News, Drums of Revolution. This week, once again, we listen to the Drummers of Burundi as a soundtrack to our global rumbling revolution. First things first, in Poland, activists gather for climate change outside the COP24, where delegates gather for meetings on curbing climate change. As is typical with the environmental movement, people got creative. Activists dressed up in costumes of animals who are facing extinction due to human-caused climate change and deforestation. Polar bears and orangutans, specifically Polish authorities, are making it hard for people to show up and protest. Keep up the good work, guys. Let them know we're watching. Yeah! 
In Canberra, Australia, hundreds of primary and secondary school students went on strike from school to gather outside the parliament and protest against the Australian government's continued commitment to building coal mines literally all over the place in a fairly jarring scene where children came out in droves to fight for their future as the men and women in suits inside the building steamrolled ahead with decisions that will destroy it. Nia and Lolo Cornwaith said, I can't vote, but I have rights. One of my rights is a right to a future and a world fit to live in. I'm here today to make politicians think about decisions that they are making and how they impact on us. Karis Connick, 18 years old. The dinosaurs who are sitting behind us in Parliament House need to open their eyes and to look up and see the asteroid plumbing towards our planet because it is going to wipe us out. While I appreciate the use of metaphor, Karis, I would call that an unfair comparison to dinosaurs. In Russia, legendary human rights activist Ludmila Alexeyev, I'm very proud of how I pronounce that name, dies at 91. Called the matriarch of Russian human rights, Ludmila helped set up the Moscow Helsinki Group, who reported on human rights abuses in Soviet Russia. She continued her activism right to the very end, known for using her charm and even her flirtatious nature to forward human rights in Russia. Rest in power, Ludmila Alexeyev. <laughs> And finally, some fantastic news. Sean Binder, the Irish-German humanitarian and activist who was arrested in Greece and facing 20 years in prison, is now out of jail on bail. We've reported on this story previously and followed the story quite closely. Sean is a far cry away from being deterred from his work. To the contrary, I believe more than ever that there is something I can do to promote the fact that people should not be drowning or freezing. I'm not the first and I won't be the last to have their humanitarian work put under pressure. Very true, Sean. Keep up the good work and we are with you. That's all from Activist News this week. I hope these stories have stirred you into a frenzy and you're ready to go out there and get going and go getting and get up and get out and get doing and do your bit for the planet and the people. Billy, Savvy, what activism are you going to do today? We were listening to the Burundi drummers. Thank you very much for listening to Activist News and we'll talk to you next week. Do your bit this week. Please, people, do it. It's so easy. Just be there with your body. Killian. Killian. Thank you. Thank you for putting us on the spot, Killian. Drums a revolution. Killian in Dublin, giving us the international the international activist outlook. All right, what am I going to do today? I'm going to work on my sermon for uh-huh. Uh-huh. for the uh-huh. Gays Against Guns Sunday at That's Joe's right. Pub on the 16th. And then our big action next Tuesday on December 18th, which is the International Day of the Migrant. Amen. If you'd like to join us, get in touch, and I'll tell you how you can help. <laughs> Does that qualify, Killian? Preparations? Getting ready? We have our bodies. We sure do. We have our bodies. And we have each other. We have community. We have uh, a network. We have a lot of resources. We have our privilege. We have... Friendships. Friendships. We have skills. We have histories. We have ancestors. We have ancestors. Teachers. We have tools. We can do a lot. We just have to do it. And now it's time once again for Extinction's Got Talent. Uh, I myself quite moved um, by the plight of all creatures trying to cross all borders. Uh, So we turn to the pygmy owl, whose habitat includes the Sonoran Desert, uh, which straddles the United States and Mexico. The pygmy owl can be found in wooded or semi-open habitats. The male pygmy owl weighs around 2.2 ounces. The females are a little bit heavier, 2.7 ounces. 
An average pygmy owl's wingspan can be anywhere from 14 and a half inches to 16 inches. They're tiny. Their body length is around six and a half inches to seven inches, and their tail length is two inches. An average lifespan of a pygmy owl is only seven years. They eat mostly insects, such as grasshoppers, crickets, caterpillars, scorpions, and other large insects. Your voice is going into a cute... Also... You love how little they are. (laughs) (laughs) Also, their diet can consist of birds, small mammals, amphibians, and reptiles. Now, a pygmy owl is a very special little creature, and songbirds love pygmy owls. So where you find pygmy owls, you often find songbirds. Who knows why? Not I. (laughs) And hear the sound of the beautiful pygmy owl. And you may be so lucky one day as to see one yourself. As a child of Athena, my patron saint, though she's not a saint, she's a goddess, uh, I carry the owl as my own spirit animal. And the pygmy owl has a special effect on me. I... I honestly encourage you to just go look into one's eyes if you can. (laughs) They're so great. And I really hope we can figure out this border wall thing. You know, it's probably not wise to talk about sabotage on the radio, so we won't. But the Extinction Rebellion (laughs) is alive and well. Yeah. And... um, Big action this Friday in London, right? Oh, and also, if you want to get out on the streets uh, in England, I know we have some listeners there on the 14th. I mean, sorry, the 12th. That's tomorrow, Wednesday. uh, Gather in front of the home office in support of the Stansted 15. Amen. We know that the extinction, I think think that in this hour, I think we've made this point from different angles. And now, just now, the pygmy owl, another angle in which... The, the the walls that go up the borders by fearful fascists, um, nativists as they're called, um, that is essentially what causes, some form of wall is causing extinction, is causing life forms to be unable to live their lives. Uh, habitat destruction and all the other toxicities, war, um, climate change, um, the 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 encroachment by the human species upon natural life. Um, if if the wall is the metaphor, the border, the closed border of of our fear, is what's driving everything. Mm. Um, you you if you if you have, oh I'm I'm preaching now. Did you know that? <laughs> I'm preaching now. All right. I'm hip to that, baby. <laughs> I'm hip to that. We preach in my household a lot, you know. Suddenly, I'll pull the pulpit out, start screaming. Lean and sob, you have to calm me down. The, um, the wall that, that tries to do the impossible, which is stop motion, stop breathing, stop life, stop migrating, stop that wishful thinking, that lie of the wall we we can take that idea 
and look at our culture um, in new ways. Uh, right now we have uh, the, the walls of Christmas going up. We have the um, ultimate myth of Christmas uh, is, is the birth of Christ, is uh, the rather more comic idea of a fat man in a red suit coming down the chimney, very phallic. Then we have, we have these myths that, we, that, that organize our Christmas, but of course the corporations come in and basically sell us their walls, which are, which are all sorts of thousands of products, most of which are planned to, to break down. The obsolescence is obvious within hours or days, uh, many of which... Um, we simply lose interest in they become waste in our movie What Would Jesus Buy Bill McKibben talks about the the thousands of tons of waste that come from Christmas I just have to say that the walls of Christmas in 2018 are simply inappropriate there may have been another point in our history when celebrating the turn of the year celebrating the winter solstice with uh, heavy commercialization might have been a little more survivable than it is now. At this point, we have to be radical. We have to be the earth. We have to stop Christmas. Give our gifts to each other generously, lovingly, creatively, but you don't have to buy a gift to give a gift. Corporations make walls. They separate us from each other. Some of us can have these products, and not these other more expensive products. We break into classes. We break into demographics and customer groups. They follow us around with these apps. It's turning out that they follow us everywhere we go. The corporations, like, they're, like, they're like the strong wind. They're the expression of the evil of the human race. And the earth, the earth needs to respond to the corporations, needs to respond to the toxicity, needs to respond to the, the plastics, the, the way that these products just poison life, and the way that the earth responds is by storms, by the myriad of, of feverish responses that we know of as tragedies, but were long known, was long known and prophesied by earth cultures that this would happen. You can't live here on this earth without being a part of earth. And earth is fluid in motion. And we have to learn to be fluid, to be loving, to be on the move with the earth. We are the earth. We can't stop that. We can't make rituals that pretend to stop it, whether it's Christmas or Trump's Tower. Let's fly. Let's move. Like the wind. Amen. Earthalluya. Thank you, Rev. Thank you for that. This is The Earth Wants You. I'm Savitri D. with Reverend Billy in New York, New York. Our producer, Killian Sunderman. We are a project of the Church of Stop Shopping. Please get in touch. Share us with your friends. We want to hear from you.